eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One, two, three, Good morning and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Tagna alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Andrew Ivins. We appreciate you guys listening to the Oyster Boys on this Wednesday morning, 8-12 Central Time, 9-12 Eastern Time. What does that make that? 6-12 Pacific Time to our friends out there in the Pac-12 footprint? Hey, it's a great day, Drew. You know why? 24 hours until the NFL draft. It's about that time. And Drew, we're going to try to attempt something today that we really, really struggle at. We're going to try to keep a show under 35 minutes. Drew, it's a beautiful day in Fort Lauderdale. You got the Blue Angels hovering above. You got Murph, your pup, right next to you. Hey, it's a great day to talk some ball. How are we doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Big weekend coming up. NFL Draft and Fort Lauderdale Air Show. So, uh... <laughs> Big weekend for the kid, huh? <laughs> Big one weekend of, for the kid. One of the best. Right, so what, is, what, is, what does Sunday look like for you? Hopefully, if the weather holds, man, going out, going out in the boat with some, uh, some friends. But um, I've been living in Fort Lauderdale now for, I don't know, six years, and they do the Fort Lauderdale Air Show every year. Uh, Blue Angels come, and it's just one of the best weekends, man. You know, just America. Nothing, <laughs> nothing like, nothing like some jets flying overhead as you're drinking a beer. I tell you what, nothing like it. Hey, nothing like the NFL draft either. You got Roger Goodell coming up there up to the stage getting booed a tradition like any other what's your favorite thing about the nfl draft i have so many but is there is there one thing that sticks out to you that says okay i'm sitting on my couch thursday night first round nfl draft what are you looking forward to the most i just like the drama i'll never forget the year um when patrick mahomes got drafted and like you know because that that kind of came out of nowhere when that when uh, Kansas City traded up, and I think I had left to go get pick up food, and my buddy texted me. He's like, "Yo, they just selected Mahomes," and I was I was in shock. I'm like, "No way!" Um, 
so it's just I like that part. And then now, I mean, and this is kind of part of the podcast. Like you've seen so many of these kids when they were high schoolers and, and no ones, and, and just to see them get selected is pretty fun. And then, of course, the uh, the studying of of the draft. What about you, Coop? What any any notable memories? I love I love the green room. I also love the inside look at the player and their families uh, along with the agents and kind of how they celebrate or getting ready for the moment or maybe when the moment doesn't come and they've been expecting it. I think the the one that was the most cringeworthy for me was Brady Quinn getting passed up by Cam Cameron and the Dolphins for Ted Ginn Jr. at pick number nine. I think everybody thought that was going to happen. It didn't. And then Brady Quinn ended up sitting in that green room for quite some time. Actually, I think he got pulled. I think Adele ended up inviting him into his suite. Unfortunately, like Brady Quinn, he's part of the CBS network. I'm, well, he I'm, yeah, he's doing fine. He also lives in Fort Lauderdale currently. I think he, he's fine. You guys rub elbows a little bit, right? Yeah, kind of. Kind Every of. now and then. <laughs> Every now hey, and then. Fred, we got to get him on the pod. Maybe we can ask him about that story, but. I don't know. There's there, there's so many things happening. I do like the fact that they have changed the location of the draft. I will say this. The one that looked the most exciting in recent history was Nashville. Oh, yeah. When they had it on Broadway. And they had yeah. the, the, I think it was the Pick 6 podcast with Will Brinson. They went around and they interviewed a bunch of bachelorette parties who had no idea the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah, they, was- weren't, they weren't happy about that. But anyway, a lot of drama. And I, I like... I like day two. You got rounds two and three, day three as well. I think they. I was. I was skeptical at first when they when they broke it up, especially if you're an NFL draft fanatic. You like being able to see the first sixty four selections. Now I think they got it right. I mean, it it is built for entertainment. That is what the NFL does. All right, Drew, we're gonna put on our GM hats today, and producer Lance, he's gonna go into post production. He's gonna add a little sizzle. But I'm going to introduce a player. Each of us are going to have three that we are going to, I guess we can call hypothetically select, and then talk about them as recruits and what you remember from them as well. So, Drew, I'm going to put you on the clock, and I believe you already have your first choice in this hypothetical NFL draft as we remember recruits from high school. Andrew Ivins, the floor is yours. Uh All right. The first guy I want to bring up and, and highlight, Jalen Carter, defensive lineman, IDL, out of Georgia. Obviously, um, it's been a rocky, bumpy few months for him, but I think he is a fascinating guy for us to talk about in this space, uh, just because I remember him as a recruit before he had zero scholarship offers. Coop, I sent you the the tweet last night. Uh, from 2017, when it's me first gathering his information, he was at Apopka High School, uh, which is the, the same program that produced Warren Sapp and uh, Trey Hendrickson, who was, um, had a ton of success in the NFL. Uh, Trey obviously wasn't as ballyhooed as Jalen Carter. Um, guy that finished number nine overall for us in our rankings, number three defensive uh, tackle, number two in Florida for his cycle. The guy ahead of him was Gervin Dexter, who I think is going to be probably a day two, day three guy out of the University of Florida. And Coop, the thing I I remember about him, Jalen Carter, when he first came onto the recruiting scene, he was kind of a, he built himself as an H-back and a tight end, right? And I'll, you know, I went to 
multiple of his games. I, I as I dug into, you know, um, studying him and, and recalling everything, I, I think I saw him play in a spring game during the regular season. Saw him at multiple camps, and um, uh, he was also the punter for his high school. He, he had a 55-yard punt he downed at the one-yard line at one point. But you dig into the profile, right? Obviously, I think we had him, and, and we meaning you know when Barton Simmons was was heading up 24/7 Sports rankings, and uh, some of the other guys there, you know, th- they got him in the right area. And his, you know. Uh, <laughs> When you look at the profile, it's like, all right, he checked off a lot of uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of the right boxes. Um, was a basketball player. There's there's videos of him doing windmill dunks, running up and down the court. Um, I, I think it was on like the AAU circuit uh, when he was a junior. Finished second at the state weightlifting meet after a 395 pound bench press. So that was obviously impressive. And then I pulled up some old. Uh, some old data we had on him, which I think is, uh, which is pretty cool. This was a rainy day. I'll never forget this camp, uh, Under Armour camp in February of 2019, six, three and a half, 302 pounds, 10.25 inch hands, 79.5 inch wing, one, seven, eight, 10 yard split, four, nine, five, 40 yard dash. So a f- sub five effort in wet conditions at 300 pounds is pretty impressive. And then a four, six, one in the shuttle. Carter didn't work out at the scouting combine. That's kind of when all the news broke on him. So can't compare the numbers there. Uh, but man, I, I, I and another lasting memory on Jalen Carter, and this is the final one, uh, a trusted power five coach, uh, I remember, had went to Jalen Carter's spring jamboree. I want to say this before his junior season. And then I saw that coach the next night and he said, wow, this is the best defensive lineman that I've seen. And this guy has produced a ton of D linemen. So I thought that was a cool nugget. Um, and he ended up at Georgia and, and just, just, just cool to see his rise from a you know, guy with no offers to someone that's going to be walking across the stage on Thursday night. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And by the way, if you're listening to the show, make sure to stay tuned for a little, <laughs> special treat of Andrew Ivins on draft night. And, and I'll give a little bit of a precursor. Drew, there's an awesome video of you that Jalen Carter tweeted. What year was he in high school at that point? He had to have been a sophomore. Zero for- reported offers, right, at the time? Yep, none. So where were you in 24-7 sports history at that I, point? I was covering Miami, and uh, I think I'd went up to Orlando to see Lorenzo Lingard play. And they played a Popka. I was there to see Lingard. He had a big game. And then, you know, you look across the sideline, you're like, all right, this is going to be a guy. And I, I, I'll tweet out the headshot I took of him then as well. And he's wearing like 88 because, again, he was a tight end. Did you, did you know, like, was there any feeling in that game? Was it like, all right, was it like a CYA moment? Like, hey, I got to, this is going to be somebody? Or was there any point there where you're like, all right, I got I to, pretty good feel for this guy like i i think uh this is somebody that i gotta alert the masses to yeah i I think it was more of all right you know he's 280 plus pounds and he's moving really well he's gonna be something i didn't think he was a tight end but you know you you knew he was something and then i i then i'll never never forget i saw him his team came down to miami played at uh the story traspal stadium in like a preseason scrimmage and he just dominated uh, a Booker T. Washington squad, which had Taekwon Thornton on it. 
um, who was selected in the second round of, of last year's NFL draft. So he was just a guy that just controlled the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and that's what I, that's what I remember. And then he ended up picking Georgia and his recruitment. Jalen was the type of kid where it was very private, man. Like he, he never wasn't a guy that was tweeting everything out. Wasn't about the visits. It was just all kind of under wraps. And he put out a top three, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. And then like a week later, committed to the Bulldogs. And, and I had one other nugget written down here. Remember that big craze with all the satellite camps? You remember that thing? When like when when staffs were like sending guys around the country? It was it was I wild. remember because I was in Michigan's recruiting office at the time. And if if there was one person that was infatuated with the whole idea of satellite camps, it was Jim Harbaugh. Remember yeah. he did a camp in Amer- American Samoa. I forgot about that one. I remember the one in Alabama where he wasn't wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's got that awesome picture. I think he's like drinking milk or something with his shirt off. Yeah. Anyway. But anyways, yeah, Georgia worked a camp at Florida Tech, which is like, I don't know, 90 minutes from Apopka High School. And Jalen Carter went to that. And Florida Tech doesn't even have a football program anymore. So it's just kind of crazy. Jalen Carter, the number three prospect, according to CBS Sports. This upcoming NFL draft, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't even say noise, um, but some revelations off the field of Jalen Carter after the national championship could impact his draft stock. We'll see if he falls outside of the top 10. Seattle Seahawks have often been a team linked to players that have had some question marks. I think Jim, your boy Jim Nagy said that he thinks Seattle could take Jalen Carter and then I want to say Todd McShay is saying Seattle's ruled out Jalen Carter. So I don't know. Battle of, battle of the sources there. That's an interesting. It To me, it's more telling if Seattle's taking them off the board. We'll see. We'll see what happens. To All right. Coop, who do you got? There it is. I really like that. Okay. With my first selection in the Oyster Boys mock draft, high school playback. I'm going to go with Bryce Young, quarterback, modern day high school. And I'll tell you what, Andrew, this was a guy, you know, like we talk about the words thrown around to describe Bryce Young and the player comparisons. Have you ever, do you ever recall a player being compared to another player from a different sport before so much? Well, you got me, you got my, my, my wheels churning heard it you know but it it's fascinating that the Steph Curry comparisons for Bryce Young have come up because the knock on Steph Curry coming out of Davidson was here's a guy who's undersized he was an elite shooter now uh, more than likely one of the best shooters in NBA history but they wondered if his body was going to be able to handle I, I, I would say the churn and burn of of the NBA and same question marks that surround Bryce Young that have surrounded him his entire career dating back all the way to modern day and Andrew in a similar fashion you did with Jalen Carter I went back 2018 going into Bryce Young's senior season at modern day 5'10 and a half 176 six foot and three quarters wing Popped a 4.63 that day with a 4.3 shuttle. 
you go to the NFL Combine on on Bryce Young. He checks in 5'10", 204, nine and three quarters hand, which I think that's an important measurement, right? If you're an under yeah. quarterback. But I mean, you just start reading the accolades on Bryce Young. Number one player per 24-7 sports. Number one dual quarterback when we had that as a category. Number two player per the composite. Bryce Young, 2019 All-American Bowl Player of the Year, Gatorade Player of the Year in California, High School Quarterback of the Year by the National Quarterback Club, Maxwell Offensive Player of the Year, Max Preps Player of the Year, shared that with DJ Ua Ongolale as well. And then statistically, Andrew, I mean, you, you look at Bryce Young, it's 71%, just under 72% as a senior, over 4,500 yards passing at modern day, 348 yards per game, 58 touchdowns, only six INTs, 39 the year before, only six INTs. His ability to take care of the football and maximize opportunities. I was at Washington when Bryce Young was at modern day. I was a director of player personnel over there under Chris Peterson. And we were actually linked to Bryce Young when he was a sophomore. Nothing ended up materializing there. Ends up committing to USC. Did he, did he visit? Hilton. I believe he visited before I got there. Okay. So he was never on campus when I was there. And by the time I did arrive in Seattle, I think that that had long gone. There there was communication, but by that time, Steve Sarkeesian, Nick Saban, they had started sniffing around, and you knew this was going to be a USC-Alabama battle. But just watching him on tape, and we, we, had a, we had a department. We had 12 interns that worked in the scouting department, and their job was really to focus on cut-ups. And Bryce Young was a guy that we did not need to cut up, but we cut him up every week. And it was really kind of how I started my Saturday in the office. I enjoyed watching his tape so much. And he played elite-level competition in the Trinity League. And I brought up Steph Curry earlier because I thought, all right, not only does the comparison make sense from a size standpoint, when you hear defenders talk about what it's like to guard Steph Curry, they talk about how exhausting it is from the constant movement and the fluidity and the way that he operates. Bryce Young, his, what Bill Walsh liked to call it, spontaneous genius, his ability to improvise, his ability to extend plays not only within the pocket but outside while keeping his eyes downfield and creating explosive plays. I'm not sure if I've seen anything like it. And I think that's so much of his magic that I think a lot of people, they like to talk about what he isn't. And we know what he isn't, right? He's a, he's a sub five foot eleven quarterback that you're worried about his frame and how it's going to hold up on Sundays from a durability standpoint. If there's one concern about Bryce Young at the NFL, that's it. I mean, it's it's comes down to can his body be able to withstand playing in the NFL over five, six, seven seasons? The player himself, to me, has proved time and time again from his time at modern day to his time at Alabama playing elite competition on Fridays, Saturdays, that he's different. He's special. 
And I get it. There are a lot of there are a lot of options out there between Will Levis, the eye candy, who now all of a sudden is plus four hundred to go number one to the Carolina Panthers tomorrow. Anthony Richardson, who's produced a lot of buzz as well. Then there's CJ Stroud, who I think is more of your prototypical pocket passer, surgical, safer, higher floor. I I just don't know if I'm Scott Fitter or the GM of the Carolina Panthers, how you look at Bryce Young on Thursday night and say, I get it, but he has proved time and time again that he can get it done on the biggest stages. I don't think that's going to be any different in the NFL. On top of that, he's wired the right way. He's never had any issues. I love him. I've loved him for a long time, and trust me, I'm a height, weight, speed scout at the core. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, it just hits you in the face, right? And you can't deny it. So I, I'd put my money on Bryce Young, and he's been doing this for a long time. I guess that's my point, and we're supposed to take a look behind the curtain. There's something about him. Whatever it is, he's got it, in my opinion. Seems like a old scouting crush from the days at Washington. There's some players you turn on the tape and you just admire. You admire the way they handle their business. I mean, everything about him. I mean, the ball is on a string. I mean, you talk about ball placement, accuracy, playing with touch, playing under duress, playing in high-pressure situations. He has done it all. And then to do that at Alabama in the same vein, we we know who he is, right? And I don't, I don't think any of this is going to be too big for him. I'm going to give my quick one-minute Bryce Young story. Um you mentioned, I mean, the hype around him. First live exposure I got to him, Adidas used to do these national seven-on-seven -seven tournaments. Um, they had an East Regional in Tampa, and it was loaded. I mean, Keely Ringo was out there. Um, I don't know why that name came to mind, but Keely Ringo was there because he came all the way from across the country. But Bryce Young was there. Um, ton of quarterbacks. Jaden Deloria, uh, Jack Miller and uh, TJ Finley and Bryce Young. I remember that's my first time around him. And I was like, whoa, this guy is small. And at these seven on seven tournaments, you can stand behind the huddle. And Bryce was in there and I, I'm like, man, this guy is so soft spoken. I'm like, this, this is it. And then as the game started progressing, I mean, he's got some shit to him in, in terms of a competitive nature. Um, so that stood out. And then I saw him at the elite 11 finals and you know, he lit it up in the in the pro day portion, but it was it was I don't know, not funny, but as more and more people turn their focus to the draft cycle. I mean, I think Daniel Jeremiah said this, and maybe it was Lance Zierlein as well. I mean, there were certain scouts that went out on the road and they said, "All right, just wait till you see Bryce in person." You know, he is not that big, and I was like, "Yep." I mean, you know, it's different watching on TV and pads, but when you're around him in t-shirts and shorts, I mean, he is on the smaller side. Also, feel like if you're a if you're a butt player, right? Nick Saban talked about this a lot. Maybe not in this context, but he talked about and and butt. And usually with players that he got excited about, he always talked about why and is such an important word, right? When he talks to scouts and evaluators about a player, yes, not only is it a talented player, and he has exceptional work ethic. Bryce Young is a butt player. He's an and in a butt player. 
he's exceptional production, exceptional talent, but he's undersized. To me, if you're a butt player and you're in the conversation for number one, I mean, it, it, it wasn't the same, but it was a similar conversation with Kyler Murray, right? Dynamic athlete, two-sport athlete. No other individual has ever been selected in the top 10 of both the NFL and MLB draft, right? So if you're in that conversation, I think you're a rare player, and I think you're almost in a different stratosphere itself. But, Drew, I don't think we're going to get the show under 30 minutes, but that's okay. Let's go. Let's a lot go of Bryce wrap. Young. All right, next. Drew, you're, you're on the clock next. Your choice. Sticking with quarterbacks here, uh, Anthony Richardson, number 11 prospect on CBS Sports. I think with Anthony Richardson, what is kind of cool, I think you could take his high school scouting report and essentially just apply it to this NFL draft scouting report. I mean, it's, it's eerily similar. And uh, Anthony Richardson, someone I saw at a, a ton of camps, um, saw him at the Elite 11 Finals, saw him at FIU camps, Miami camps, saw him play in a junior all-star game. Um, we're all about the numbers here, right? Height, weight, speed podcast. Uh, from a Nike camp, February of 2019, 6'4", 222, 4540, 437 shuttle, 34.1 inch vert. Uh, fast forward to the NFL combine, 6'4", 244. So he added... 20 pounds and he dropped his 40 from that four five to a four four three and then he added almost six inches to his vertical jump as he jumped 40.5 inches um in the 24 7 sports rankings finished number 245 overall number nine dual threat quarterback i think the guys at the time you know rolled the dice on the athlete uh and that panned off sneaking him into the top 247 there on the back end um, Anthony missed some games as a senior, uh, due to injury, had just a two and four record in the six games he appeared in 64.5% as a passer, just eight touchdowns, one interception also ran for 151 yards as a junior. He was below 50% as a passer. Um, and I think everything that shows up, all the, all the, scouting takes right now about him in the NFL it, it's the same thing right he's got a locket a rocket of an arm and at the uh elite 11 finals he he won the long ball toss throwing it 68 and a half yards uh at, in inside the star there in Frisco right after he did it um he did a backflip <laughs> and I, I think he did the same exact thing at his pro day um go back to that legends all-star game you know, threw a 76 yard touchdown pass one play. And the next play, he couldn't throw a 10 yard out. Um, and it's just been a, a thing of consistency, but there's no doubting the athlete. Always talk about multi sport. Anthony Richardson averaged 10 and a half uh, and seven and a half rebounds as an 11th grader on the hardwood. Just a special, special athlete. Um, and I actually did find uh, something I wrote in June of 2018. So this would have been right before he committed to Florida, right before his senior season. I said, struggled at times with accuracy during one-on-ones, but hit his stride during the seven-on-seven portion of the camp. 
and uh, put the ball in only places where his wideouts can make a play. That's when he camped at Miami. That same day, Max Johnson was also there. And I guess who my alpha dog of the day was? Jeff Sims. <laughs> I know. It's just crazy to crazy to think about. So um, Jeff Sims, Max Johnson, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, what a collection, huh? Tell you what, career arc right there. Miami didn't take any of them. Didn't offer any of them. Well, I think they offered Max Johnson because he was related to uh, Mark Richt. But it just, just kind of, you know, same thing in high school is the same thing now. And I think everyone's just really attracted to uh, him potentially being, you know, he's the lottery ticket with the highest payout. That's more and more important, though. Like, our job here is to educate people and especially the ones listening to this show on our process like to me this should be one of the more important weekends outside of national signing day within our company because this is what our entire scouting process and philosophy is tied to you look at anthony richardson andrew you talked about some of the numbers i mean you're you're talking about a guy six foot four 215 pounds 225 yeah. two, 225 clocked a, a sub 465 had 10 and a half inch hands and i get it the production was a little bit spotty but when we come back to saying hey you know it, really at the end of the day when we're talking about projecting guys anywhere from three to five years out our baseline is not only the tape sure but the the, the supplementary data points weighs so much more at this stage of the evaluation process than they do three to four years from now. But look at how the athlete alone has carried Anthony Richardson's draft stock, where you can say the tape is somewhat spotty, right? You see flashes of what he can be, but in terms of the consistency, it leaves a little bit to be desired. And then you get around him at the NFL Combine and it's a completely different feel. And now everybody leaves that exposure saying, hold on, if I can tap into that, right, and, and we can get this player to become a more consistent player, which I hate to use the outlier, but I, probably a lot of the same conversation that surrounded a guy like Josh Allen. And because of the success of a guy like Josh Allen, it makes prospects like Anthony Richardson that much more infatuating. And great job by the boys there, slipping them in at two forty-five, huh? At the, at the <laughs> that, that's what I want the back end of our top two forty-seven to look like, right? Final th final thing on Anthony Richardson because this ties into uh, Bryce Young as well. Twenty nineteen Elite Eleven Finals, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson all going to get drafted. Two more names I think could Tyler Van Dyke, Carson Beck. Obviously, they're going to have to play their upcoming seasons. And then after that, man, it is a collection of guys that have transferred. Sims, Georgia Tech, and Nebraska. Hudson Card, Texas to Purdue. Harrison Bailey, Tennessee to UNLV to the portal. Ethan Garbers, who I think you took, right, at Washington? Still a fan of Ethan Garbers. He's at UCLA now. Yeah, Washington to UCLA. Haynes King, A&M to Georgia Tech. Drew Pine, Notre Dame to Arizona State. Jacoby Criswell, North Carolina to Arkansas, Robbie Ashford, Oregon to Auburn, Jack Miller, Ohio State to UF, Chandler Morris, Oklahoma to TCU, TJ Finley, LSU to Auburn. 
Just wild. It was 2019. It's a, a lot of moving and shaking. Right. It's 2019. It feels like a long time ago. It really wasn't. Anthony Richardson, going to be one of the most intriguing names on tomorrow night's NFL draft. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, Drew, before we get to the next one, i got to plug the show real quick. Make sure if you're a fan of the show, subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcast, including Apple and Spotify. Also, make sure to rate the show and leave a review. If you have a question, that is the place to do it. Our producer, Lance, cue that music for me. Drew, I'm going to go back to the SEC, and I'm going to go to the great state of Texas, Drew Sanders, one of my favorite. And I talk about it all the time, clean prospects. Drew Sanders, former five-star out of Den Ryan in Texas. I believe originally from the Pacific Northwest. So when we were at Washington, there were some ties there. I don't think he was from Washington. I think he was originally from Oregon. But he did make a unofficial visit trip up there to the PNW. Drew Sanders, you talk about a guy that, could do it all that didn't Ryan and playing high level of football. Andrew, I want to talk about Drew Sanders, but when I think about Drew Sanders, I, it, it, it's hard not to think of the similarities between him and Texas signee and former five-star Anthony Hill. Same school. They remind me a lot of each other. Drew Sanders played a lot more with his hand in the ground, but could drop as well. He was kind of the Swiss army knife. He could do everything. He could play with his hand in the dirt in a three-point stance. You could play him standing up. You could also play him off ball as well. And similar to Anthony Hill, I would say give a lot of credit to the coaching staff at Denton Ryan. They realized they had a special athlete, and they did this with Drew Sanders as well. They played him on offense. Uber productive player. Saw a lot of Wildcat quarterback. Saw him at running back. Saw him split out as well. Drew Sanders, and you know we talk about some of the positive impact of the transfer portal. I thought the fit at Arkansas was exceptional and it, it allowed him a path to the field where Alabama was just in a unique situation 
where they're one of the only programs in the country where a guy like Drew Sanders could struggle to to get some snaps. He goes there, he cashes in one year. I mean, he's always been a, a pretty elite athlete. I mean, you think about his size, hovering around six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds, clocked at ten nine one hundred meter. We talk about the track and field a lot. It was also also uh, a player on the hardwood as well. To me, Andrew, like, and I think it's important. You talked about Jalen Carter, right? You talked about a two way prospect there. You talked about Anthony Richardson and his impact on the basketball court as well. The theme here for me, when we talk about these athletes and we, and we take a look behind the curtain in high school, you're talking about guys that have an inherent instinct of spatial awareness, right? Because I think the more sports you play and I think the more positions you play, cross-train, position versatile, you get a better feel and understanding for the game, but that's not really something that's cognitive, right? That's just more something that you develop with reps and experience over time. And I mean, the guys like Anthony Richardson, the guys like Drew Sanders, you talked about it with Jalen Carter. They have to play a lot of different positions because they're relied upon a lot because they can make such a positive impact whenever they step on the field. I love Drew Sanders. I love his game. Gabe Brooks, national scouting analyst. Friend of the boys. First round projection on him. He was a five-star on Drew Sanders. The comparison. Leighton Vander Esch. Mm. And that was in November of 2018 that Gabe Brooks made that comparison. And I think till this day that that still stands. You got a guy in Vander Esch that pretty similar in terms of position utility. And, and Leighton, correct me if I'm wrong here, Cooper. I know we're off-roading. Eight-man football player. Correct, Boise State. That that's going to apply here in the uh, twenty twenty four cycle. We got a few eight man football players. Well, should we should we tease uh, talk about scouting crush? I have one right now in the twenty twenty four cycle. Right, eight man football. Carter Nelson out of Nebraska. I have no idea what to do with him. Drew Sanders was a ten nine one. Carter Nelson out of Nebraska eleven oh two. That's not, even, that's not even the most impressive thing. It's his high jump, Mark. High jump as well. I love him on the basketball court. He's different. Anyway, we're, we're getting besides the point. I mean, I think that's... Yeah, he's got a seven-foot high jump. There you go. That That's jumping over a full human. But when you have numbers like that, you're willing to say, like, okay, I can wait on the production on the field, right, at this point. You you can somewhat overlook the eight man football because of the additional context that you have, and, and the other eight man football players, Cam Buffington. I don't know if you've watched him yet. It's 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 in our queue, but Iowa linebacker commit. You you put on the tape. There's like a uh, what's that called? Like a silo where they keep like grain <laughs> in the background. I'm like, what is going on here? And then he's just jamming it on the hardwood. It's uh, it's a fun watch. It's a, it's a nuclear watch. missile. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on here? Uh, committed to Iowa. So, uh, all right, we're we're off road. And uh, my 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 thing on Drew Sanders, I think, speaks to the athleticism that's required to be a second level defender in today's game. I mean, you just rattled off all the numbers, the multi sport stuff. Um, 
We'll see where what role he carves out in the NFL. I was reading Lance Airlines kind of write up. Some teams seem to think maybe he's more of a pass rusher, but he's a he's a utility man. Those guys play on Sundays. Yeah, you figure it out, and the more positions you play, you add value to the player. Like we always talk about that. Like, all right, he's a two way prospect. Well, why is that important? The higher the floor, right? You can play multiple positions, whether it's on defense or on offense. The utility and the opportunities for you to see the field because of that versatility are higher and increased. Drew Sanders, I mean, we've been having the same conversation since high school. Is he a three-four stand-up outside linebacker? Is he a guy that's going to play in a in, in a four-down front as a it's, it's you know second level second level linebacker? Well, that's the theme. It's like the same thing with Anthony Richardson, right? You can have that same conversation four years later. It transcends. All right, Drew, is it uh, you're back on the clock with your last pick, right? Yep. Let's get that music in here. All right, Collage Cansey, number 30 overall, defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Guy, a, another one, ton of exposure to. Um, Coop, I know this is before your time. This is before I'm doing the rankings in, in Florida, but we are definitely going to take some flack uh, on Thursday night because there's talk of him going – anywhere from, you know, I think 10 on. Um, super productive interior player there at Pittsburgh. Uh, has drawn the Aaron Donaldson comparisons um, just because of the size and, and what he was able to do. Um, redshirted his first year at Pitt. Uh, guy that was just in the program a bunch. I know the defensive line coach there well, Charlie Partridge, picked his brain about uh, collage a few months ago when I saw him out on the road recruiting and he said it was, he's just the right individual that wants to work hard and all right, he's a three-star for us. He finished, uh, number eight thirty-seven overall number 64 defensive tackle number one eighteen in Florida had a grade of an 86, which is what like mid three star Cooper. Like three star. It is. And correct me if I'm wrong here, the way that I see 87 to 89, overall grade ranking is different tiers of a priority free agent. Right. 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 So he's just on the, on the cusp of that. So pulled up some old data from him, Nike camp spring of 2018. Tell me if you would have ranked this kid higher six foot and a half, 264, five, two, two, 40, 4.88 shuttle, 23.8 inch vert. We did not have any arm measurements on him or a wingspan. Shows up to the NFL Combine, 6'1", 281 pounds. So what, he added 15 pounds or so. I'm not good at math here. Um, but runs a 4'6'7". And this is the one, Coop, I wanted to highlight. 30 and 5 eighths arms, short-armed. He is an outlier. Um, and he he's a guy that, you know, the big three in the state of Florida, none of them offered him. And he goes up to Pitt. Again, learns from Charlie Partridge, I think one of the best defensive line coaches in the game, a uh, guy that was at Wisconsin, head coach at Florida Atlantic. Um, mentioned Trey Hendrickson earlier, worked with him. Um, and he's churned out some guys there in Pittsburgh. But he is one that slipped through the cracks. And I'll never forget about his recruitment. It's just, man, like Miami went and saw him and had him on, on campus. And he just... They never pulled the trigger, and I found this this old quote, and I know this will sting for some UM fans, but 
he told me in in May of his right before his senior season, if they offered, that'd be big. I'd like them to recognize me because I know I can play there. And then he goes on to earn All American honors at a uh, another ACC school. Hey, why not, Drew? You're already in really good standing with the Miami fan base. You know, throwing some old dirt of Kalaja Cansey on there. By the way, you know, I think people on this show, especially Clemson fans. If you've heard us talk about Peter Woods or we haven't really talked about Aaron Donald. I, I just went back and did a little bit of research. That's probably what you heard the, the keyboard in the background. 30 and 7 eighths, right? So what we have access to here at, at 24-7 Sports is basically a grid, right, of NFL measurables of what starters look like in the league. And it's broken down by percentiles. It goes all the way from 90 to 10%. Right. So if you're in the 90 percentile, you're in the first round. If you're in the 70th, the third, 50th, the fifth, 30th undrafted free agent, so on and so forth. Kalijah Kansi at six foot one with that arm measurement would be in 10 percent of NFL starters. Right. So it, when we talk about outliers and we talk about our job playing the numbers and playing the odds, I mean, we're, we're somewhat of card counters here. Right. And Kalaja Kansi is a guy that similar to Bryce Young in a very different way. Over three to four years is going to have to prove it on the field to say, hey, basically, I have so many redeeming qualities and elite traits, tangibles, intangibles that I can overcompensate for a, a lack of height, b a lack of arm length. And sometimes you have those guys. You know, if you think back to the recruitment of Tyron Matthew, who worked out at Tennessee, and there's a story about Tyron Matthew, five foot nine, 180 pounds soaking wet, didn't really run well, goes to Tennessee, been recruited heavily by Ed Orgeron at the time, doesn't get an offer, and broke down in tears. And this is something that's been like very well documented. And it's one of those where it's like, hey, there's there's a certain level of there's critical factors and then there's standard in term of position specifics that we had at Alabama that a lot of teams in the SEC have. Right. So if you don't meet a certain criteria, then more than likely we're not going to take you unless it's so evident that you can overcompensate. Now, in Tyron Matthews' case, LSU decided to pull the trigger after getting an up-close-and-personal look of him doing what he did at St. Aug in New Orleans multiple times. And it was one of those things where it's like, this guy's in our backyard. We'll take a swing on it, and it probably does us some good because if it hits, there's a lot of positive that can come out of the New Orleans area as well. And it... it ended up working out. I mean, you think about Tyron Matthews' relationship with Leonard Fournette, so on and so forth. But, like, I guess what I'm saying is Miami in this situation is representative of 90% of the programs out there in their situation, right? They're going to go for the bigger, faster, stronger candidate on the table. And Kalijah Kansi, in, in this standpoint, I mean, you have a lot of people talking about, like, Jim Nagy, around like Grady Jarrett who was one of his favorite prospects of of all time right but they, there's a lot of people that think Kalaja Kansi can be special 
outlier unicorn yeti <laughs> there you go um and that's that's the thing like i'll take it back to peter woods one time like we'll see right you know but all all, all um everything that we've gathered early on in, in peter woods is that he could potentially be next in that conversation okay before you give your last one thought i came up with given the current landscape of, of football and the roster turnover we're seeing certain places do you think it'll be we'll get we'll reach a point where you can take more risks on guys like a collage can't see knowing that you can turn over your roster and encounters aren't as important as they once were and that might be a conversation for another day but just a thought i had i think it's i think it's a really good point yeah i think you're probably a little bit more lenient lenient and open-minded to the idea especially if they're in state right yeah i think especially if you're miami florida florida state there did he have an offer from any of the three no right so it was like louisville who does very well at miami northwestern high school which is where he went um i want to say nc state was in there i wrote it down somewhere i don't i'm, I'm scrolling rutgers there you go lance <laughs> Hey Drew, you, you you know about I I believe you know more about this individual than I do, but is this is this your last pick? No, not yet. Oh, Charlie Partridge though has to be one of the best kept secrets in all of college football, if you even want to call him that. I mean, the people who know know, but the job that he's done with Pittsburgh's defensive line and and his ability to develop these guys into Sunday players is, I mean, like from an evaluator standpoint, he, he's he's got a gift. Well, here's my promise to you because I know I'm going to see him down here making the rounds at some point in the next month. I'm going to get him on the pod. I'd like that a lot. I'd like that a lot. We get him a nice little gift certificate from the Oyster Boys, 12 on us, you know. But I will say this Oysters right now, state of Alabama, $3 a pop. Oof. That's like New York for Lauderdale prices. What the hell is happening in this country? All right. Last pick for me. Let's play that music. Footprint. I'm going to go to Northern California. The old high school of Maurice Jones Drew, Dallas Sal, Isaiah Foskey. I'm just going back to all the guys that we recruited and that we just could not get. <laughs> Isaiah Foskey was one of my favorites. Two way standout. Plays in that. I don't even know how to describe Dallas Sal's offense. Zeke Berry was another guy that came out of that option offense. Veer, wing T. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta go back and watch some tape. But I was watching his high school tape this morning. Isaiah Foskey, two way standout. We went back and forth. Did we want him at tight end? Did we want him as a potential edge uh, that was going to be relying upon what what type of defensive front you played? And Pete Kwiatkowski at the time was our defensive coordinator. Now the DC at Texas. He was a multiple front guy. So Foskey probably would have played a little bit of both, would have been a little bit of a, a hybrid for us guy who could definitely play with his hand in the ground. You could also stand up, had a solid week in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. And you talk about guys that were wired the right way. Uh, that was Isaiah Foskey. And Andrew, you talked about this with Keon Keeley. Like Isaiah Foskey was, he, he fit Notre Dame. Notre he, Dame guy. He was a Notre Dame guy. 
And I think if you're Marcus Freeman, like these are the type of guys that like you have to understand your board is going to be a little bit more limited than a lot of other programs out there. But these are the type of guys that you have to hit on. Isaiah Foskey, number 203 player in the 2019 class, number 27 player in the state of California, according to 24-7 Sports, 212 on the composite. I mean, I I love this kid. I thought he was a top 105 guy, so that would have put him anywhere from 64 to 105. That would have put him in the second to thirty, second to third round range. Um, our friends over at CBS Sports, which is our company, have him ranked as the number 62 ranked prospect. So that would be back end of the second round. But when you talk about a guy that just did a little bit of everything, he was – not scared to put his face on you. I think that's what we liked about him. Played at a a, a very um, a very good school uh, where you know he was going to be coached and he was well well rounded and he was the type of player that you felt good about the floor. You felt good about him being a plus athlete. Didn't feel like he was an elite athlete, but you felt like he was a very good athlete. And like I say, I talk about the the two way prospect. Man, he was productive on both sides of the ball for a very good football team. And those type of bodies, as I talk about often, there were a premium and are a premium on the West Coast. So anytime a guy like that leaves and goes out of the footprint to a place like Notre Dame or somewhere else, that's a stinger. Um, but Notre Dame and the Irish give Marcus Freeman, Brian Kelly a ton of credit. They did a beautiful job developing him and looks like he's going to be uh, – a round two, round three uh, player in the next few days. What did he? What did he run at the combine? Isaiah Foskey. Because I, I found some old, old data on him. Nike camp. So correct. There's an opening regional. He was a four eight two, at two hundred and thirty seven pounds. He had a thirty two inch vert. He had a four five shuttle. He was six three and three quarters, which are very good numbers for his size. Of, I just know. remember him being. I think at one was he not at one point billed as a tight end, or my he was, but that wasn't even like. We were at the point if he wanted to come, he was going to make the decision. Like we we felt so good about the football player that it was, and from what I remember at Washington, he was recruited by Jordan Pow Pow, our tight ends coach. He wanted to play tight end, but often as it goes. You sign the letter of intent, you get to campus, and you have that meeting and say, hey, son, we think you can make a lot of money playing in the NFL one day if if you make the switch to the other side of the football. So 4-5-8 at the NFL Combine, 10-5 broad jump. I'll tell you what, Andrew, these tight ends, the leaping ability. Luke Schoonmaker, the other day we were talking about on the recruiting show, 10-7. It's absurd. 4-4-1 shuttle, 34-inch vert, so – you know what I would like to do over time? I have no idea how we would aggregate this, but I'd like to study the speed marker improvement, right? So he ran he ran 482 as a senior at 237 pounds. At 264 pounds, he runs 458. Right? So the, the physical that's why those, that's element why those... that occurs from 
your freshman year in college to the time that you enter the NFL draft process. That's why those strength coaches are paid a, a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> Two sixty four running four five eight is pretty pretty scary if you're an opposing quarterback. All right, Drew. I think that that wraps it up for us, huh? So you were at Washington with Foskey was there. Well, Foskey was never correct when he visited campus. Damn, you guys were like offer number fifteen. Come on, bro. Yeah, boys were lacking. I don't. I really have no defense of that. <laughs> Is that true? Well, Notre Dame offered two months before you did. I'm I'm deep in his Twitter timeline. You also have to understand, not an excuse. Different philosophies around the way that we went about our business under Chris Peterson. Okay, I'm we just... were more. No, I'm just saying we were more methodical. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That was we were. A slow burn. All right, let me let me relate this to the audience. We were more Clemson esque. A lot of the times, the offers did not materialize until the player came to campus. I like it. So, different way of doing things, but that was that doesn't mean that there wasn't a relationship that was established beforehand. Well, he's got he's got some photos of him uh, on visits. I don't see you anywhere in these photos though. You know what I loved about my job? <laughs> I didn't have to do any of that. I was never, I was never, you know, I had to host a couple OVs here and there, but I truly got to work in player personnel. I never had to deal with the photo shoots. I never had to deal with, well, we had to deal with them. I'm just saying like, that was never, I kind of put my foot down on that. It's like, hey, I don't, I, I don't want to be another clown at the circus. He would have been on the freaks list. There's a pool of him or a video of him jumping out of the pool on the ground. You know what bothers me before we get out of here? I'll throw a little bit of shade, but players in the second transfer portal window taking visits and, and doing photo shoots. Well, Blake Baker talked about it. Tells you a little something. Tells you a little something. It is what it is. All right, Drew. Final thoughts for the NFL draft tomorrow night. 35-minute episode goes... Uh... 55. Well, we nerd out on this stuff, you know? I mean, that's what makes it fun. Nah, I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. I got a beanie on. Low temps and, and Beham today in the Magic City. Um, all right, Druzer, let's get out of here. For producer Lance Glenn, for one half of the Oyster Boys, the director of scouting, the Prince of Florida, the man who orchestrates the Blue Angels, Andrew Ivins. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Cooper Tag, and make sure you subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, rate, review. 